KNW presents The Agenda with John McComb. In Vancouver, call 280-9898. Long distance dial 1-877-399-9898. Here is John McComb. And now we shift gears in a major way. Vancouver's radio listeners have lost a real friend. Cancer stilled the voice of Rick Honey over the weekend. True to this business that was his passion, Rick did his morning show on AM 600 on Thursday. On Friday, he was just too sick to go to work. And on Saturday, the cancer he had battled so bravely and so privately finally overcame his considerable strength. He was one of the funniest men I have ever met, and he loved to entertain. I think he lived to entertain. Whether it was one-on-one -on -one with you in the hallway before his show or before a crowd of a thousand people at a gala dinner, he spent the bulk of his radio career, of course, here at CKNW, dominating the afternoon ratings with the road show for 24 years. He was a boss jock at CKLG in the late 1960s and early 70s. And as we mark Rick's passing, we also remember another Vancouver radio disc jockey who worked with Rick at LG, Daryl Burlingham. Daryl B., who passed away yesterday. I'm told Rick was in touch with Daryl throughout his illness, offering his old friend and colleague encouragement. That's the kind of guy Rick Honey was, and the guy we will remember. He gave of himself, whether it was on the air, through his work with the Variety Club or the Mel Sajak Foundation, or through his MC work. What you saw was what you got with Rick Honey. Now, if Rick were here, he'd be embarrassed with all this maudlin stuff, and he'd want to have some fun. So in the next hour, that's what uh, we hope to accomplish as we look back on some of Rick's career. We'll take your calls in a bit. We'll hear some sound bites of Rick on the air at NW. But first, joining me in studio and on the phone tonight, some names you will recognize as broadcasting legends in their own right. Red Robinson, who has been inducted into more halls of fame than I can count. Fred Latrimo, who never met a flight to Hawaii he didn't like, is on the line from Hawaii. BCTV's Wayne Cox is here, along with Neil Soper, Executive Vice President of Canada Wide, the publishers of TV Week, and uh, a former on-air person and a former broadcast executive. All of them Rick's close friends and colleagues. Gentlemen, I appreciate you, uh, you joining us tonight. Thank you very much. Thanks, John. Freddie, let me start with you. Hi, Red. That's McComb. Oh, hi, John. But thanks for confusing Ra us. Radio voices are so similar. It makes me feel good. Yeah. You, you know something about humor. You've made a very successful career with your sense of humor. What made Rick Honey so funny? John, he just had that, in, it's, it's just so hard to even explain. He had that amused expression all the time. I think life genuinely amused him. Uh, and he... He was a student of, of comedy, he, you know, and, and of magic and other things. But he really studied what was funny and what wasn't. And, and you know, you made a uh, joke about me not, never meeting a flight to Hawaii. I didn't like that's true. Uh, and that's where I am now. But uh, Rick uh, never heard a joke he didn't like, and he filed it away. And, and it, it, could, it could come back just on, you know, a moment's notice, almost computer-like. But... What made him so funny? I think he genuinely studied people. Uh, that, that would be my short answer. Yeah, you know, uh, it, it's true uh, because 
it almost didn't matter whether the punchline was really any good or not. You know, no. he, you know, no. Rick Rick would would drop a, a line on you whether it, you know, you'd, you'd heard it a hundred times before or whether well, it was yeah, any good he, or not, just because he loved doing it. Yeah, and he had the courage to be silly. Uh, Wayne and I have had a few uh, tearful phone calls since the news. Uh, Wayne, I think, introduced me to Rick, and, and and we had some fun times, the three of us together. But Wayne was recalling uh, Rick's. Uh, Rick would be in a uh, you know a a pub or downtown or usually usually downtown and uh, would stand up and light his lighter and say, Welcome to New York City. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then pick up an ashtray full of butts and uh, say, Mint anybody? You know, and he, he just had the courage to be silly, too, you know, which was, uh, you know, uh, that's, that's, that's pretty rare, and that's, I guess, what separates the great comics from, from the ones who won't take risks. Wayne? I was going to say, and he did it all the time. That was the yeah. thing. And, he, and it always seemed to get a laugh. I, I don't know how he did that. Yeah, no. It's his face. Welcome it to New York. for us. Yeah, it was his face. <laughs> He had a cartoon-like look with his face, so animated. Yeah, yeah, that's Neil, right? Yes, it is. You Hi, know, Fred. Neil, do you think that, that uh, I always thought that he looked a little like Jay Leno. No, so do I. I agree. You I know, agree. I mean, that just almost, uh, yeah, just uh, you couldn't take him too seriously. He had that sort of, uh, he looked funny. I mean, he was not funny looking, but he just looked like anything, something funny was about to happen. Yeah, it always, and I think that was part of it, and, and I think that's why he worked so well when he was in front of an audience, because you couldn't help but be captured by him. I remember an ad uh, campaign that NW ran years and years ago on a busboard campaign, and they had, they were using these caricatures of uh, people like Frosty and, and uh, Rick. And when you, when you, do you remember that campaign? Yes. Mm -hmm. And when you saw Rick, it was absolutely, it was a caricature of him, but it captured him totally, because you could put him side by side. When you see a Frosty, <laughs> It didn't quite work the same way. No, no, no. I, uh, I, Fred, how's everything in Hawaii, by the way? Very nice, guys. Lots of whales. Mm. <laughs> you getting it ready for me on Friday? Yes. <laughs> Thank you. But you know no. that that show business thing, though. Um, he came by it honestly because his dad, uh, he he was in a a song and dance team, two guys. You know, and they, they brought back the old uh, straw boater and the striped shirt, the jackets, and and not only got Rick into show business, but also Dana, his brother, uh, got him into music, and um, it, was, it was a real show business living room where his dad would entertain, and I think it rubbed off, and, and uh, Rick was like, like a sponge to that kind of thing. And well, you guys say you look like Jay Leno. I thought you looked like the poor man's Glenn Campbell. Glenn Campbell's another. Oh, yeah, yeah, I can yeah. see that. Well, yeah. no, but they also had a contest, he told me. A couple weeks ago, mm -hmm. and he said, "Well, remember you were there, Neil." He said, uh, "It was silly they had this contest here. You know, the Glenn Campbell look-alike. I don't see it." When I say I'm sitting across from you, do you look a little bit like Glenn Campbell? Because <laughs> I knew Glenn uh, quite well, and uh, he said, uh, "Well, I won the contest." I said, mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> "I don't know who was competing in it, but he won it." But he had a tough decision to make when he was very young, because uh, he actually was a drummer like you, Fred, and he was thinking of, of making a career, and he was playing with Neil Young, but it was his dad that held him back because he was too young, didn't want him going on the road, so oh, he really? chose the next best yeah. thing, went to CJOB. You know your opening dialogue, and because Fred's on the line here, uh, this has been a very disturbing couple of days. Uh, John, you mentioned the fact that a, um, another uh, local radio legend, uh, Daryl B., uh, uh, passed away here yesterday. Uh, I don't know how many more shocks any of us can take. This was just unbelievable. And the one thing, why I mentioned Daryl, again, is because Daryl has not been well for the last couple of years, John, and he, he went home to Winnipeg. But a guy like Rick Honey, there's one in a million, because even with his sickness that he never let anybody in on, because he would put you know, had this optimistic uh, uh, look and wouldn't, wouldn't bring you into that picture, he would email some mornings before going to work 
uh, over at 600, uh, jokes to Daryl. He kept in touch with Daryl all the time. This is a special kind of a man that we've lost here. Very special kind of a guy. And these are the things that most people didn't know about That's Rick. That's right. Yeah. There, was, there was Rick the performer, there was Rick the entertainer, there was Rick the guy on stage, there was Rick doing the road show at NW, but there was another guy that quietly did things, didn't tell people about it, but he was always there. And I use a, a, an expression, it was always there where there was a phone call, and I, I constantly uh, would get notes from, from Rick. He would see something, he'd see something in TV Week he liked, he just a little fast note, boom. Well, now, of course, it was all, it's all email, yes. and you'd get these little lines. But I'll tell you, there's an interesting story that, uh, I, that I came across this past week. He was very ill, as, you, as we now know, and on Thursday uh, was his last show. On Wednesday afternoon, he had emailed a group of people a whole series of jokes and just sent them around to, to the, just a fast note. And I think it's probably Rick's way of just saying basically goodbye. Yeah. And, uh, of course, on, on Friday, and, uh, and Red's got a story, too, and you can tell the story, but I, I want you to get this story. Uh, he had every intention on... He was going to work to the end. There was no question about that. Yeah. And I don't think anybody expected uh, him to go as quickly as he did. Uh, expected him, and he wasn't going to live very much longer, but he went a lot faster. Anyway, on Friday, or I'm sorry, on Thursday, he went to work, went home Thursday, went to bed, and literally didn't get out of bed, but he was telling Gail, no, I'm going to work tomorrow. I've got to go to work. You know, I, I have to. And anyway, it was Pick it up from there. Yes, exactly. Uh, yeah. Tom Jeffries, who was on standby at all times over the... Uh, at the uh, radio station, I uh, said he got a phone call at 4.30 in the morning saying, in a very weak voice, I'm in no shape to go in. Put on your baseball cap and go to bat for me. Wow. Uh, right then, I mean, <laughs> an amazing, amazing guy. In other words, we, uh, uh, Fred, you know this. What was he, what was he telegraphing? Uh, I'd be there if I could. Isn't he? Sure he was, and, and he loved it. And that's, that's, the, other, that's the other part of, uh, uh, of Rick Honey that... Uh, I guess people probably don't know. His colleagues did. That's how much he loved the business, and he loved to entertain. Uh, and I, I'm so glad for him because we all knew. Uh, Wayne and I were at his birthday party two years ago at the at the cancer clinic. Uh, <laughs> Wayne and I went down, mm-hmm. and uh, we were pretty concerned. Uh, we we kind of knew what was up a little bit, and we were in on inside. You know, as much as Rick allowed anybody inside, and. And Rick and Gail, to their credit, I think, uh, kept that. They didn't burden everybody with their problems. Yeah, that was quite a night. I, uh, yeah, and we. Um, it's one of my uh, one of my treasures is a picture of Fred and Rick and myself in silly little birthday party pointed hats, uh, taken at the cancer clinic. Uh, Rick in his robe, and he was on a, an IV drip there. Um, but um, uh, it was it, it was a big smiling. Rick Honey face staring at at the camera, and uh, we had a cake, and and we smuggled in some. We better not say this. But, well, I said anyway. Smuggled. We smuggled in some wine, Freddie. <laughs> yes, we did. Had a little toast. You have to have a toast for a birthday. That's right. And uh, it was very nice. We tried to smuggle him out. Remember? <laughs> yeah, we did. <laughs> yeah, we did that. But uh, it was very nice of the cancer clinic to kind of turn a, a blind eye going by the door and let us have a little birthday party. But I was going to tell a story, just a brief one, about you know Rick's. Um, because, you know, the, the, the point has been made that there was a public side and a private side and a, a very sensitive man. And I, a couple of stories come to mind. The first one is, during a time of, of trouble for me, I went with Gail and Rick to Whistler, and the Hill Street Blues uh, guys were up there. They'd been invited for one of these uh, freebie ski weekends, I guess. And that their show was hot, and Rick and I had spent 
the afternoon together, and I had I had no idea what was coming. And there's this dinner with with all these you know big stars at the time, uh, people you'd all recognize. I wish I could think of one of their names, but anyway, uh, Rick suddenly stands up, and he's not said anything to me about this all day, and stands up and and launches into this uh, uh, hilarious uh, MC routine, funnier than uh, you know most major comics could do. And again, again, dealing with a, a fairly sophisticated audience. These guys were these guys were Hollywood types, and they'd been to all the the roasts, etc. And and just slayed them. Mm. At much to my amazement, I sat there and I I, I I thought to myself, this guy really should be out of here and you know on a bigger stage someplace. And I've always thought that, but um, and uh, you know, but he was quite quite happy to do radio. He loved radio, and I think he really wanted to do morning radio. And so I was happy for him and Neil Soper and I were talking recently about just probably this fact that he got this job with Jimmy Pattis in the last of the great westerners sorry John <laughs> uh, you know it, 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 it probably it probably prolonged his life just yeah. just because it, it, it sort of removed the focus from the illness yeah guys we're going to take a break and uh, as we do uh, let's hear a little bit of uh, Rick Honey Big Al's wife will be stunned and surprised once again with this year's Christmas gift. He showed us what he got her. A basket of mixed nuts and dried fruit. Again. Never been this blue. And then I wrote. And then I went on to compose. Ladies and gentlemen, Eddie Fisher. Since when is Eddie Fisher considered a thousand? <laughs> That's really Burton Cummings and his hit, a medley of his hit, Stand Tall. We at another Chevron station to talk with your town pump. Santa Claus was a gardening foreman? Yeah, and he was instructing his workers, you see, and he said, ho, 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 ho. I'm sorry I asked. In the traffic now, here's Lee McKay. Traffic is getting quite heavy in some areas now, Rick. Uh, eastbound on highway. The uh, sounds of uh, Rick Honey on this very radio station. I think that goes back to 1977, November of 1977. And uh, we'll be playing some bits and pieces of that uh, throughout the rest of the program. Actually, joining us now on the line is uh, a man who Rick uh, knew very well and, and vice versa, a man who Rick did uh, a lot of work uh, for for Mel's uh, foundation, his charity, Mel Zajac. Mel, we appreciate you uh, joining us on the line tonight. Thank you. Yeah. Yes, hello. What are your What are your thoughts? What are your reminiscences about uh, about Rick Honey, both uh, on the air professionally and 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 off the air in the in the charity work that he did? Well, he was a great uh, MC. Uh, I mean, one of the greatest. I mean, he did about twenty MCs for us for our golf tournament, and uh, I remember he did one time uh, where we had Bob Hope and, and Leslie Nielsen and Gene Hackman in a crowd. Bob Hope said, "Who's that guy up there? Where is he from?" I said, "He's a local. He, he just had him in stitches." And Rick was really on that night, so he did a lot of uh, good stuff for the, our charity. But didn't Bob Hope go over, uh, Mel, this is Red Robinson, didn't, didn't uh, Bob go over, I and mean, you said, well, go tell him, tell him what you just told me. Didn't he go over and tell Rick he, that? Yeah, he did. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. He went over and said, said, told him what a, what a great job. He, and uh, Rick was just unbelievable. Uh, he just... Blew him away, yeah. Oh, just yeah. blew him away. Yeah. Having performed for one of the top comedians here, he gets a hand. Yeah, we've lost the... Uh, a, a great guy in uh, in the passing of Rick Honey. I know you yeah. you must feel it too. Uh, oh God, he was oh he got all kind of ideas and everything else. And one of the funniest things when I took him in his early days for golf, and uh, I was golfing with him myself, and 
uh, Greg Douglas, and he, uh, he ran his cart into the sand trap, and uh, Greg and I had to pull him out, and the next day, Greg, the story in the newspaper, Greg had, is uh, Mel got thrown out of the club of, because of Rick's behavior, running, you know, running through the sand trap. <laughs> Sounds like me on the golf course, never mind. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, we had a lot of fun with him, a lot of fun. And um, and he also performed one one year in Arizona for our charity. There we had a, a golf tournament. He came up to Arizona for us, did a show for us with uh, with uh, Cleo Lane, you know the jazz vocalist in the Orpheum Theater. So he did a lot of work with us. Mel, Mel, it's Neil Soper. I know I know that uh, doing your golf tournament and being part of the overall committee and organizing your tournament was a huge part and a very very major part of his charity uh, events that he did in the city. That's right. Yeah, he was one. Yeah. He never turned you know, guys, uh, it's Fred Lattermall here, Mel. Yeah, hi there. Uh, hi. And uh, I was just thinking, though, that, that there was a sensitive side to him that, you know, you would think that uh, most people would think that, well, if somebody's that good, they're not going to worry about things. But I remember uh, cruising with Gail and Rick and Kathy. Uh, we'd met them in Spain, and uh, we were cruising, uh, I, I don't know, the Mediterranean or something. And he had just come from a, a deal where he had... Uh, he had been speaking uh, at Wally Opal's roast, I guess, and some people, I think, took some of his comments. I mean, it was that's a police deal, you know. That's a little bit of a rougher crowd, I suppose. Uh, and some people, I think, had taken some of his comments to the press, uh, you know, sort of funny Rickles-style comments. Yeah. And he was terribly upset when he got on the cruise ship with me, and he, did, you know, we just we, we walked the deck for about fifteen minutes just trying to settle him down, but. Uh, you know, if people think that stuff came easy to him, uh, no, this was just a student of it who, who, who really got good at it. But even that was a black, sensitive guy. Sensitive. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, he, he definitely was, and he was very concerned how how the show went over. Every time he said, "Mel, was that okay?" Hey, listen, you knocked uh, Bob Hope over, so how could you say anything better than that? One of the top comedians in the world. Well, I'll tell you, one of the things that did, he did our 10th anniversary for TV Week on the TV Week Awards, and um, uh, Rick was the MC for that particular night, and he was a, like the night with Bob Hope. He was absolutely on. Of course, you had everybody in the media business in the room, so he had an extra reason for get that extra bit of energy. But I remember calling him the next day when he was doing the road show here at NW, and I said, Rick, give up the day job. <laughs> yeah, he looked at you and said, Neil... You're getting on my nerves. <laughs> yeah. You know, there was a time uh, in the in the uh, early 70s, right after I had met Rick, we worked together here at, at NW. I was doing noon to three, and then he'd come in three to six. And naturally, we got to know each other. We saw each other every day. And uh, he started doing more and more of this MC work. And, you know, he'd do the Christmas party, and he'd do, some, hey, he'd do some gags, and, and it was all fun. And then one night we went together to a, a fundraiser. It was like Knights of Columbus or something like that. And they split the night up in two with the MCs. Part one was done by Herb Capozzi, who at that time, and still today, I mean, is just a tremendous after-dinner speaker. He owned this town as far as an MC was concerned. Part two of this deal was to be done by Rick. Well, I'm sitting at the table with Rick, and Capozzi is, as usual, he's just killing the room. And I'm thinking, oh, Rick, oh, Rick. <laughs> you know, I could, it, but this seemed to be, it seemed, in my mind, it was the turning point where he became just a guy who did a few gags and really had command of the room. He went up there, and within, I would say, 45 seconds, 
had that room in the palm of his hand, and people had forgotten about Herb Capozzi that night, and he killed for the rest of the evening. Why do you, uh, Fred, you, you uh, touched on this, but why do you think it is that Rick stayed in Vancouver on the radio? I mean, he, he loved the radio business. Uh, we, we know that. But why didn't he take that big step uh, with all of that talent? Well, John, I think I think that probably comes back, and I'll turn it over to the to the my my senior statesman, Red Robinson. But uh, I I think that we live in a small country, and I remember Terry Jack saying once to me that he, he could sell more records in Detroit than he could sell in the whole of Canada. Yeah. And so we have decisions being made in Canada, programming decisions that are largely Eastern. And so you you have Ralph Bell, Ben Murgy on TV doing. Doing shows. Be Whatever happened to him? Happened guys, to him? Like, and guys like Rick, who, who, who should have been uh, to the forefront, uh, are are sort of on on the edge of the West. Uh, you know, it's not it's not easy to travel south. You have to you have to have a hit. You have to have some reason to get yeah. to this part of the world. You know, green cards, etc. So I I think it was just that you know he I think he would have been a big hit in in the states and the rest of the world, but uh, he didn't get a he didn't get a shot at it. No, the other the other thing is too with radio, though, Fred. You and I have talked about this many times, and I, I know uh, Rick and I have too. If you can do what you love, which is in our case, radio. We all love radio. Everyone here, um, but but you do it, and if you can do it in a town that you feel comfortable in, and the people have accepted you, who needs Los Angeles? Who needs New York? Yeah. I, I think that's part of it. I mean, it, it, it went along that way for, for Rick for a long, long time, and for Fred and me. But we got on people's nerves, and so they got rid of us. But. <laughs> <laughs> but you got the impression that Rick really liked this town. He, he, well, he really liked the he people. Loved, we all do. He loved, loved Vancouver. The other, the other thing, BC. too, John, I think is timing. Um, I think Rick uh, well, loved the city, loved radio. He really wanted a morning show. That's yes. right. And Robert. timing is everything. Mm -hmm. They happen to have a guy doing a morning show on this radio station, and they have for a number of years. They, did, they, they weren't going to change it. No. Uh, but... Rick finally got his morning show, and I'm I'm glad, and I know he was he was happy to too. Mel, uh, say, Jack, any any final comments before we let you go? We appreciate you joining us. No, I just uh, just are we gonna miss this fellow? Yeah. Uh, he's a great showman, and when he was on, nobody could touch him, nobody. Yeah, and uh, he did a few times that show that geez, he just knocked the crowd dead. Yeah. So I I re re I really gonna miss the guy. We appreciate you joining us. Thanks for your yeah. time tonight. And thanks very much. And Bye, fellas. Bye, Mel. Bye, Mel. That was written by one of the old monkeys, uh, Mike Naismith. It's called Some of Shelley's Blues at 10 to 5 at CKNW. If you happen to see J.P. Bortolo uh, next time the Chicago Blackhawks are in town, you have to uh, remark on his beautiful ultra-suede suit. When you do that, he'll just be thrilled to death. He, he's a real clothes horse, they tell me, down a brandy and wine. He's always dropping in and picking up something. And on Saturday, he dropped in and got himself an ultra-suede suit. Beautiful. I can't remember what color it was. They've got a couple of colors, but they're running low on the ultra suede suits. Got in there today, and we're sitting around at Brandy and Wine chatting about Christmas, and I asked if they were going to do anything uh, really special for Christmas, and they said they were going to put on a great display in their window. That's what they're really excited about, of velvets, because velvet jackets are amongst the most sought-after new styles for 1977, and they are just great-looking. They've got them in greens and reds and blacks, and I saw they have one left of a rust velvet. They said that was the last one, and I didn't get the size, but uh, I tell you, it just looked great, a pair of green pants or whatever. 
Velvet is going to be the big thing next year, and they've got lots of it at Brandy and Wine, 557 West Broadway, just a half a block west of Canby. Lots of parking in the rear. Think of Christmas. It's only, what, two and a half weeks away or something? Fred, you oh, never know my. that he was doing a commercial. That was sneaky, wasn't it? He was just BSing with you. Oh, by the way, you know, Bortolo and the, and the Rust thing. You know, it was, all, it was so smooth. I knew it was a commercial when they said lots of parking in the rear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but see, that didn't come till the end. <laughs> Rick, he Rick still had a sharp dresser, though. He was. He, was. he, he still was had a, the green pants. He had the green pants and, uh, and the, the largest collection of puffs outside Liberace, I think. You know what? He had <laughs> more of those. Out of style for ten years. Oh boy, I'll tell you. Yeah, <laughs> he was a sharp dresser. He was. The man knew oh, how to dress. Oh, yeah. yeah, Every day. You know, the one thing I'd like to just toss in here, guys, and it, it, perhaps it, the rest of the audience doesn't know much about it, but uh, Rick and Gail had a great love story, and uh, yeah. my my thoughts have been with her, as as has uh, Kathy, my wife. We, we've we've been sort of worried about her because uh, we know that they were just very very tight, and uh, so. I don't think people realize that that they you know how tight they were, but they went everywhere together, and they were very much part of every uh, every move they made. Uh, and so it's awkward to, to discuss, but I because I, I, I know Gail's going through tremendous uh, heartache at the moment. Uh, but um, I just want to say that you know that this was this was one of the great love stories. This this was people who saw it up close knew that. There's no question, Fred. Yeah. There's no question about it. And it. they spent all their they they spent virtually every waking hour together. And if you were to run into Gail and say, "How are things going?" Um, and let's say Rick had a uh, an MC event in Kelowna, she'd say, "We have a gig in exactly. Kelowna." Exactly. Yeah. It wasn't Rick's working. It's yeah. we, and yeah. they go together. You're right, Freddie. It's uh, they're a like team. glue. Yeah, they were. They were a team. I was just going to yeah. say they were. They were definitely a team. Soulmates. Yeah, and and I think uh, uh, you know we talk about how. Even before the Rick got sick, you know, his uh, I think uh, the support that he got from Gail, the strength that he drew uh, from Gail, uh, mm -hmm. was just huge. And then, of course, you know, after he, he became ill, I think, uh, uh, you know, the strength that he drew from from Gail. Again, well, she was, was very protective huge. of him, and that's yeah. that's quite understandable. Yeah. But uh, Kathy tells a story. She was talking to Gail and uh, to Rick, I guess, uh, to Rick, and and uh, uh, talking about uh, Rick's father, who we mentioned that he was uh, in show business. And uh, he, uh, I guess, Kathy was talking about her losing her father, and Rick was talking about the same thing. And um, uh, Rick said, "I just wish my dad could have seen Gail." Mm -hmm. <laughs> so you know, this was that's this poignant. Was, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, it's it's, true. it's it's a it's a sad time for Gail, and but she's got lots of friends, and she, if she reaches out, we'll be there. Yeah, and there's no question there'll be lots of people there to support her. But I think the other thing with with Gail that I uh, she she as much as she was in love with him, she was also loved everything that he did and loved it. And the two of them together, and we've all been in their company. And she's as funny as Rick. Mm. I mean, in terms of material and everything else, and watching the two of them together and work together and yeah. play off one another, yeah. they were so much fun. Also a great dresser, by the way. Absolutely. Mm. Oh, yeah, even better than Rick, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would have gone out with her and up with him at the time. Yeah. Do you guys remember Rick having weight problems? Yeah, yeah. I do, and oh, yeah. in the early years. And then uh, I got a call from him one time, and he said, do you want to play tennis? And I said, yeah, okay. So we went over to Hazelmere Golf Course. There was a tennis court there. And Rick turned up, and he was like, felt mm. I said, what the hell have you what, what happened to you and he'd been running mm -hmm. yeah and that was one of his passions and one of the things that we did together mm. um, and it was we had a great time we'd, we'd go to Stanley Park and various runs and things and he got me into it uh, but that that was uh, you know he was he became a, a fitness uh, 
freak, I guess. It, it took uh, him a while to get into that, Freddie, because I remember one time in the early days of his running, and he was dropping a lot of weight, and he was really into it. I mean, he was passionate about his running. And he took off one day, and he ran 15 miles in one direction. He had to phone for a ride home because <laughs> he realized he couldn't make. He couldn't Wayne, make bring the car. Yeah, that's bring right. the car. Can you pick me up? Oh, oh man, you know, I'll be another part that. of Rick that most people don't know, and I, I, it, it's a bit R-rated, so I won't go too far with it. But I used to, I used to hang with Rick sort of between marriages. At least that's what we tell everybody uh, downtown a little bit. And uh, one of the most entertaining guys ever. I mean, he would go wherever you went, wherever nightclubs the Devonshire, wherever, he knew everybody and uh, and would hold court with magic and jokes and and uh, seemed to attract quite a bit of female company. I noticed that part. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, you were no slouch yourself, as I recall. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he was a great guy. Guys, let's uh, get you to stand by. Um, we'll take another break. And uh, if uh, you would like to join us, 280 uh, we've been chewing up a lot of time here with our reminiscences, but uh, certainly Rick Honey, if uh, there was one uh, thing that he was, was passionate about, it was the radio business, and it was his audience. He thought very, very, uh, very, very much, and he worked very hard for his audience. So uh, your thoughts about uh, Rick Honey, 280-9898. We'll take a break. There's more ahead here on the agenda. We're back uh, with just enough time to uh, to wrap this up, and so let's go uh, around the table, and let's go uh, off to Hawaii. Fred, uh, some final thoughts. And that's the truth, isn't it? Um, and that's the part I'm having trouble with personally. I, I don't have a final thought. Um, the, my, my mind is flooded with so many impressions of Rick and... Um, what I would say is this, is that I, I think that, uh, for me, Rick, Rick's passion for, for, his, for his life and for his work and for his business and his wife and his life, I, 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 this is a tough one, final thoughts, wow, just lost Rick and Daryl in two days. Yeah. Uh, I, I think for me, you know, he'll always be an example, uh, you know, a, a sort of a bright light of, you guys joke about me not wanting to get up and go to work, you know, and, and, and that's true to some degree, but also, you know, a few years ago I dealt with the same disease he'd had, so, and wasn't all that healthy from, from that point on, but, uh, you know, just, just his passion for life and for, for, for radio and, and just to get up and do it, um, uh, that, that inspires me, and I'm, I'm going to try and stick with that, that thought, and I'm going to hold that bemused expression that I see when you play those tapes. Absolutely. And just hold hold up with that, yeah. All right, man. Listen, uh, continue on with your vacation. Uh, enjoy it if you can, and uh, we'll talk to you when you get back. Thank you so much for doing this. Aloha, boys. See you, Freddie. See you, Fred. See Fred. Yeah. Fred Latrimo on the line from Hawaii. Red? My closing thoughts are, are quite simple, really. Uh, Rick used to close off his shows by saying, Good night, British Columbia. And that's all I'm going to say. It says it all. Good night, Rick. Neil? I'd say with my... Uh, uh, friendship with Rick, and in particularly this past year, the word that comes to mind, probably one of the most courageous people I've ever been close to. I, I can't tell you how uh, courageous he was. And he never, ever complained. Never whined. Mm. Well, John, I guess um, I, th I look back on about 30 years, and uh, all I can say is I've lost a very good friend. 
Wayne Cox, Red Robinson, Neil Silver. Guys, thank you a lot for coming in. I really appreciate Thanks, it. Thanks, John. At the end of each broadcast, Rick Honey would bid his audience goodbye with the words, Thank you, British Columbia, because he cared about his listeners and he knew they made it possible for him to do what he loved and do what he did best, to entertain, to make us laugh. So tonight, we say thank you, Rick. Thanks for making our journey through this life warmer and one hell of a lot more fun. <laughs>